allocation of resources towards yes. services right. doesn't add up. You build a cul-de-sac, you put a few houses on it, you get a little influx of development money mm -hmm. at the onset, right. which makes it attractive to the town because they want to grab that money. Right. That's the growth part yep. Yep. you're talking about. But quickly, those houses do not support their own requirements for services. Mm -hmm. the, the pipes, the, the road service, the police and fire. Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at WFPR.FM and in the local Franklin FM dial on the radio dial 102.9 here in studio with a session with Rich Frangello. Rich, welcome. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you. Nice to see you. It's good to be in person for this one. We did it two years ago already <laughs> via Zoom. And we weren't allowed to be in the same room. <laughs> we weren't at that time. <laughs> Safer for everybody. Safer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for the listeners, thank you for joining us. We're going to kind of catch up because it's been two years since we've talked, and I know you've got some new developments, so we'll get to those. But another piece that we had in common was soccer, and there was this big game, the World big Cup. Big game. Great game. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually a great tournament. You know, there's a lot more countries now yes. who are real talent and the tradition of just the Europeans or just the South Americans is you know is now changing and changing. you can see Morocco go and do what they did mm -hmm. and uh, it was quite exciting but we had yeah. upsets uh, yeah. throughout the tournament well, I'm sure some and, of the bracket watchers you know people were upset because well Brazil didn't make it into the final right? four Brazil so, and Germany and Germany, Belgium and yeah. Spain yeah. got knocked Pretty yeah. quickly. Into yeah. South Korea came up a little yeah. bit further. Morocco certainly made it in a little further than many people expected. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. That was very, very good. And we had a, a group over at the building for the final. Oh, for what? Kids, yes. kids and yes. families. Oh, good. And that was, that was a nice environment. Yeah. It's good to see kids being impassioned about things that are internationally right. relevant. Right. And uh, screaming and yelling for Messi or Mbappe and, yeah. and uh, debating the merits of the two teams. <laughs> uh, but what a great final. Oh. Uh, couldn't really script it too much better in the end. No, uh, it was just great soccer. Yeah, and it was interesting too because I did, while I, I didn't even do a bracket, I just wanted to watch and just watch the soccer. And clearly as you were watching, I know you've got a soccer background, uh, the difference of the tactics and the difference of some of the team style of play, clearly never mind the individuals themselves. Some of them, even on some of the teams that didn't make it, there's quality individuals right. out there right. all over the place. Absolutely. And from a training point of view, we, you know, we're dealing with children. It's nice to be able to see those models yes. and say, hey, look what they're trying to do and look what they're trying to do. Yep. You know, there is a backdrop of the, you know, Qatar you know, yeah. humanitarian element, Absolutely. which is, you know, it's just something to, you know, we have to keep in mind because yeah. as, as great as the soccer was, still a pretty unusual set of circumstances that's got us to, uh, got us to Qatar in November, you know, the tournament's usually in July, so right. uh, you just want to keep that in mind too, and I think that's a teachable moment for young people that... Yeah. There are, there are other things that are important besides mm -hmm. just the play. Yeah, and it was interesting, too, because even in the run-up, too, there was a lot of articles, or at least a number of articles, talking about some of the issues, even the rapid building of the stadiums yeah. uh, with external help, immigrant help, et cetera, and how they were treated. And then once the game started... Yeah. You didn't hear any of that. Yeah. <laughs> or if there was one, you know, it was just, you know, kind of on the by the way, et cetera. It, they focused on the game, which on the one hand, from a soccer point of view, okay, yeah, let's focus on the game. But to your point, we can't ignore where the game was played and the environment right. in the game, the way the game was played. Yeah. You know, when, when you're refereeing a soccer game and there's an, a, a, a scrum or a circumstance mm -hmm. that happens, the referee wants to get the ball in play mm -hmm. because then now the focus 
is on the ball, and right. we're forgetting about that. Yeah. And uh, so similarly, you know, once the play got started, mm -hmm. uh, but I know a lot of people who chose not to watch sort of in a silent protest mm -hmm. uh, against the, the establishment that got us to where we are. Sure. And uh, you know, that's valuable. That's not lost on, on me anyway. But um, I'm glad that the, the play was good. And yeah. the, from my point of view, it seemed it went fairly smoothly from a management of crowds and right. seemed like people yeah. were positive about the experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the takeaways, hopefully, even to the point of the kids watching, you know, how this and such a good level of soccer, how that will continue to help grow the game. Right. 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 That, rem that remains to be seen. We'll find out in three, five, 10, 20 years. But, yeah. You know, this may have been the inflection point. We don't know. Yeah, for me, I get a lot of questions because they're like, oh, that, that soccer stuff, it's really catching on, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but I've been playing for 50 years <laughs> and uh, it's always grown and it's been part of my life. So right. I don't quite have that normal. No typical Correct. American perspective yeah. but next tournament is in North America so sure. we'll have another inflection point as yep. you say uh, and then next year the women get to play their right. World Cup so right. you know, that other side of the population will get some time on yeah. the, the tube and the internet makes it all there yes. for kids and uh, yeah so it's been great yeah. it's been great in that regard yeah I, I did lose some productivity over the last <laughs> few weeks, uh, but uh, now we're we're done with the tournament. Time for the holidays. Time for the holidays. Then ready to get started in the new year, 2023. All of a sudden, coming around on us. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. yeah. So I think when we had talked two years ago again, uh, not to reiterate the point and beat that one to death, but if if you do for the listeners, if you do want to, I'll include the link in the show notes for this one but you can always go back to franklin matters or to where you find franklin matters radio um and check uh, rich frangelo episode 353 in september of 2021 we had a great conversation broad ranging uh your mother's advice and how that's determined your operations which to a certain extent you still do today and that's where we're going to talk more about it because you're continuing to evolve your set of businesses yeah that's right so two years ago we so i've got multiple businesses mm -hmm. one is a, a computer business a right. technology business called tenetrics that is coming up on 22 years mm -hmm. in existence and then we've got a soccer school franklin soccer school started officially in 2006 so that's coming up on 17 years yeah. on the 1st of January. And then we grew, and we'll talk more about that uh, with Downtown Sports, sure. has been the facility that includes the field and a court right. and attracting training mm -hmm. and young athletes, typically, yeah. all athletes, I guess. Right. But uh, that has grown. And then the need or desire to make that work has begotten these other opportunities that I've grabbed onto. Mm -hmm. But going back two years ago, we, we uh, downtown sports had to shut down, like all of these into, indoor spaces. Sure. We were just closed for a few months, and yep. no one plans for that. No. And so thanks to the landlord, who was uh, very helpful and mm -hmm getting us over that hump uh, it actually turned out to be a little bit of a silver lining in that if you remember all the schools were unavailable correct and school gymnasiums are utilized by basketball organizations sure. among Recreation others as well as in yep. school versus out school organizations yep. that's right yeah and so for several months in 2020 into 2021 the schools unavailability mm -hmm. sort of increased the demand on our indoor space sure. which was really helpful to I me mean, to say the least yeah. and it not only helped in terms of utilization and capacity yeah. in those months but it also broadened the visibility in our community and beyond our community that we were even there mm -hmm. sure. and so we got 
some nice business in the winter of 2020-21. Right. But then sort of increase the trajectory going forward because now people in surrounding towns now knew about us sure. because they had a need to go and find. Yeah. And so that has helped. So in the intervening two years, that trajectory has continued. And I got to say, this winter, we are pretty near capacity on oh. weekdays. From 3.30 to 10, it's, it's going to be hectic, uh, which is great. That's a happy problem. That's a happy problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a happy problem. Definitely. The, we've got all kinds of sports going on. Karate has got a home there. Volleyball, our volleyball program. Yeah, I think we had talked about volleyball been great. last time. Yep. Yeah, yep. this this uh, husband and wife, uh, Kathy and Eric, been a terrific job, mm-hmm. in, particularly in middle school, uh, leading into a feeder program for the high school, Correct. which you know has done very well. Yes, they're they've been great. Uh, I've got another colleague, Brian Keller. You know, might might know Brian. Mm-hmm. He started the Franklin Lacrosse Network. Okay several years ago and has been teaching skills like we teach in soccer mm-hmm. to young people in lacrosse yeah. and has been utilizing the space and sure. then he's grown to now be leading our youth basketball offering which is again great i don't know i think we talked about this my vision for downtown sports was to do training well right really meet a kid at his or her level and try to get them better mm-hmm. in whatever sport. Yeah. You know, I grew out of soccer, but I've got a passion for basketball, but other sports. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so the basketball program particularly was near and dear to my heart. We have a court that's got, well, we've got a total of 17 hoops available in the building. Okay. So okay. we can do half court, we can do quad court. And Brian has been really helpful in moving that along mm-hmm. and so this winter it's it's great so we actually had games there for the first time this past weekend and uh it was a beehive <laughs> of activity but good you know good stuff Absolutely. kids kids with a ball had a good ratio to the ball yes and uh yeah. having fun in the process learning fundamentals right that's what this that's, Franklin Soccer School has been about. That's the that's key. That's what sure. other things are. So then uh, we've just continued to grow the softball trains there, basketball, baseball, uh, field hockey, cheerleading. Uh, yeah, it's Anything been great. with kind of a flat space and, oh, by the way, nets or hoops. <laughs> yeah. That requires some in, indoor as well. Uh, yeah, you've got that. Then you've got the Carpe Diem field, which is kind of the turf surface right. as well. So right, yeah. yeah. So as people have increased their demand, we'll say, okay, well, what we have available is here and here. Like, all right, we'll take it. So that's extended the day. Sure, uh, all that has been great, mm-hmm. but small businesses are not easy. Uh, no. And so. I, I didn't, I guess I was always entrepreneurial. Right. I think that thread came through our prior discussion, yeah. too. Yes, yes. But I didn't necessarily have a vision for how it was going to go. And so how it's gone is that it is still hard. The capacity, as I said, has been great. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily enough to survive. Right. Because the, the economics are not easy sure and so it takes all that capacity Mm -hmm. to make a go of it so we've been uh, uh, creative in trying to find new ways to turn something that is surviving Mm -hmm. into something that actually makes sense yeah can be sustainable uh, can be sustainable yeah and the computer business that I've had I've been just so fortunate Mm -hmm. customers have been loyal Mm -hmm. over the years and you know and I try to be personable and responsive Mm -hmm. that's worked out nicely right and that's been very steady and huge part of my life the the sports facility unlike the computer facility computer business has got overhead Mm -hmm. sure that you know the 
the building costs and the heating costs right. and the taxes cost. Right. So, and this is not unique to me, no, right? No. This is what every one of us is going through in some yeah. way is yeah. how do we cover the cost of the resources that are required to run the business? Mm-hmm. So I did a couple things in the last several months here in 2022 mm-hmm. to try to make downtown sports more sustainable. Sure. And one of those things is uh, create an entity that bought the building. Okay. So that changes the economics. Okay. It also brings me one step closer to the cliff. Okay. Uh, <laughs> True. Yeah, you're you living know. on the edge to that extent. Yeah. yeah. So we will see. Yeah. But from a math standpoint, I, I don't know if your parents said what my parents said, you know, it's better to own than to rent. And mm-hmm. so again, fortunate to be able to swing an arrangement uh, whereby we can at least build equity yes. in the space right. as we continue to yeah. try to make it yeah. I think the work. equity is the key point because my parents had said something very similar and I think at one point you mentioned you know going back home to live with your parents to build the kitty before you went out mm-hmm. on your own. I did something similar, so we were like mm-hmm. that in that way. Um, and then I've been fortunate as well, even with corporate moves, to have you know bought the house, been able to leverage the equity as we mm-hmm. did the corporate moves, and then ended up here in Franklin. And now the equity is built, and because of the market, which is also one of the things that's creating price pressures for you. Right. The market has just been going bonkers recently, yeah. and yeah. some of that's inflation. Some of it will, you know, dissipate a little bit, but I think the overall pressures on housing and business locations, in particular, because there's so little supply and great demand. The prices are just going to go up. I don't see that changing right away. Um, well, I hope you're right about that. I, I, based on what we've seen before, and people may remember back, I think it was in the late '80s, there was kind of a market crash on the housing side, but the housing demand was still there. The housing supply uh, increased, and that helped. That I don't. The, we're not hearing that the housing supply is going to increase sufficiently anytime soon. Correct. So the demand will still be there. And then obviously, you know, mortgage rates, et cetera, well, maybe it's not going to be something you can do because now it's too much. So right. it'll, it'll mitigate some of that, but the demand is still there. It's not going away. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, and real estate has been so solid. Mm-hmm. And Franklin has been you know the beneficiary sure. of growing well and yeah. we maybe we could talk later about just housing policy and, and thoughts because that's that, that's certainly interesting we can, we can certainly fill that in because coincidentally your son was here yesterday and we had another recording session talking about some of the zoning stuff that are in that yeah. economic development world so yeah by all means yeah so we'll, we'll come back to that but so the idea of buying the building was to try to make the math work better correct and uh so that's a start. Mm-hmm. It's scary, yeah. but it's a it's a gamble, and it seems that it's not a uh, an unsafe gamble, mm-hmm. based on what you're saying. True, right. it's true. Is the demand we hope will continue to be there, and uh, and my wife Sandy said, you know, if it doesn't work out, then we could sell the building and and not be too much worse off. Sure, and uh, so that's. I think that's true. Yeah. So we will see. So that's that's an exciting bit of news. And then this summer was hectic because that was going on, yeah. the, the, getting all the ducks in a row there. But the other part was uh, establishing a, a preschool, downtown preschool and daycare mm-hmm. uh, is is getting off the ground. Okay. So just after the new year, the uh, uh, I don't know the the formal application process. Parents are looking ahead to September. Okay. And so my understanding, as I'm learning, is February, March are key months to meet families and show some things. And so I love kids, Mm -hmm. uh, if that doesn't come through. So I'm 
I'm excited about that, but I didn't have a plan in my life to own a preschool. Uh, it and just it, sort of came and, out. And in terms of the development, I think, and this is part of our conversation, I think it's not so much a natural extension, natural may be the key word there, in terms of your business between technology and sports and delivery and training, et cetera, although there's training aspects, but it's more, I can't think, at least in my mind, a utilization of your space. If you're Correct. growing the utilization in the after hours be for all the kids from, I think you said, 3 to 10, well, you've got some time for some of that space in the morning times where the kids, those younger set, for the preschool and or you know daycare type situation, you could utilize the space and thereby you're now increasing your overall revenue. Exactly it, that's okay. exactly right, yeah. The, the idea of the space being empty, but still in some sense you're paying for it, mm -hmm. right. you know, during the day, this is a way to, to utilize the space. Mm -hmm. And so I mentioned Brian, he came on board and said, yeah, this, this can work. And so he's done a nice job and we've got a director. You know, I, I'm not a preschool teacher, right? And I don't, aspire to be uh although i you know work with this age group sure. through soccer yeah. yeah uh anyway we went and looked for a director mm -hmm. and i was just so pleased to find a woman who uh was franklin native yep. had owned a preschool in her past in another community has been working as a, a director in a corporate space was thinking to start her own thing anyways ah, yes. and yeah. so it was it was a very unusual interview because after five minutes i just said can we stop because i think you're ideal <laughs> and she's like oh i'm glad you felt that way because i feel like this is a really good match and so uh so she has been a guide through the process mm -hmm. and uh uh, and her enthusiasm has been really helpful because she knows the space better sure. than I do. I, yeah. I get the building, that, like you're background. saying, but that's, that's her background. Yeah. And so that's been helpful. And I got to say, uh, the uh, uh, department that is responsible for licensure of preschools, they've been really helpful mm -hmm. as well sure. because they see a need in this area yes. and... They liked what we were trying to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and you mentioned the tie-in. And one of the things that is the tie-in for me is kids need physical activity. Yes. And yeah. one of the advantages of our space is we've got a gymnasium right. that is right there. Yeah. We don't have to work <clears throat> for it. Mm -hmm. So part of the curriculum will certainly include maybe a little bit more than your average preschool yep. in physical, yep. get your energy out yep. sorts of activities. Run around. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know, it's so important for Absolutely. kids. Absolutely. Even the, even the most patient youngsters are antsy to stay in a classroom yes. for a long time. Yeah. But now you could take literally 30 steps, run around, mm -hmm. play tag, throw yep. a ball, yep. For five minutes, yeah. and come on back, and now Go I gotta your believe ne your next activity. Your ac next activity is going to be more productive right. because you've just sort of expelled <clears throat> some energy mm -hmm. over there. Right. So I'm hopeful uh, that families will see the the advantage mm -hmm. in that, and uh, and come. You know, we don't need that many students. Uh, at the beginning, sure, you know, to get off the ground, yep. to make it worthwhile to cover the costs of, yep. of providing the services. Because yeah, you already have the overall facility structure that's already in place. Exactly. You just need to kind of work out, make sure whatever the registration application process is and the exactly. drop-off pickups. And then, to your point, the director covering the inside schedule, because that's going to be her you know, she's got that experience. That's her domain, yeah. 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 And, and so that's you said exactly right. If you and I were said, hey, you know, let's go start a, a preschool, mm -hmm. the first thing we would have to do is find a space. Right. And that space is going to have cost. Sure. Well, we have the space. Yeah. And in a way, 
the, I can't say the, the, the space is free, no. but it's there already. We don't, yeah. we don't have to work for that. Yeah. So hopefully in 2023, the preschool is off the ground and, and then continues to grow mm-hmm. from there. And that helps make down, makes downtown sports more viable, more sustainable, yeah. just because of that, that income, you know, that utilization during the day. Mm-hmm. So that's, something to look forward to uh, but one of the challenges you know as I mentioned challenges before is we really had hoped to to get done and ready for this past September sure yeah <clears throat> but there are hurdles there are yeah and uh, it takes time to get over those hurdles mm-hmm. the municipality hurdles yeah. and yeah. licensure hurdles yeah you have multiple levels certainly the local level the state level uh, they may even be at a regional level that I'm not aware of, but who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. And I think especially coming out of COVID, where COVID as well hit that particular market. You That's know, it, right. It emphasized that, oh, by the way, daycare, child care, specifically for working parents, is critical. And realistically, those supporters, providers, had been underappreciated. They became a little bit more appreciated, but also much more challenged by what was going on in COVID. That's right. Because they had the restrictions. I know, uh, at least through, you know, the family conversations, people were having, you know, kids at daycare, and where it had been like a room for 10, now is a room for five because of the space requirements, Mm -hmm. which can affect the pricing. And yeah, yeah, the, the dominoes start rolling in a different way. That's right. And I think also the employment challenges mm-hmm. over the last few years has changed the landscape of who are these daycare providers yes. who who can you hire right uh, to come and be in these environments and then you, you, the, 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 the pandemic is not over not completely no, not completely no. so you still have families and and business entities where they've they're offering that six person room, five person room, mm-hmm. but the instructor is sick and right. now is quarantining sure. for five days yep. or ten days or whatever it is. Yeah. And sorry, mom and dad, we can't provide you that service right. this week yeah. because we can't find someone in time yeah. to, to cover. cover. Right. And so those are some challenges I'm mm-hmm. foreseeing. Yeah. down the road yeah. but i do think we have some advantage there as well in that we're right in downtown mm-hmm. and so we're hoping that there's some convenience factor sure. that people could drop off easily yeah. pick up easily and uh be in the community and i think we've got a lot of space right we have a big space sure yeah. so hoping that that might mitigate some of the challenges that come with children and mm-hmm. germs and yeah and, uh, of, of anything of any group of the population clearly the youngsters in that you know call it three to five two to five they're whatever you see them and they're happy they're always dirty because they, just, <laughs> they get dirty anyway that's right <laughs> we're teaching them to share and they share everything yeah yeah so that'll be very very uh, interesting to see how yeah. downtown preschool uh, gets off the ground and grows, but I am enthusiastic for the opportunity, and uh, the investment is made. The light we have the license in hand, oh, good. and so now it's really just about enrollment and uh, learning the needs of the community mm-hmm. and right. and meeting those needs. So and that's another piece that I think goes back to our first conversation where you spend time. And folks can go back and listen to more details, but that was one of the lessons your mother had taught to you in terms of her work and work ethic. She didn't need to advertise because she delivered the service. And I think you were mentioning that even after she had passed, people were still calling, trying to reach her to do her uh, dressmaking and, you know, seamstress work. Yeah. 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 That was remarkable. Yeah, and I, I have tried to continue to be that. I love Franklin. I grew up here, mm-hmm. and I want to be in the community. Right. And uh, 
a case in point, the the boys varsity soccer team did very well mm-hmm. this year, yeah. and they played great soccer, and you know some high percentage of the kids on that team I had coached for seasons and know the families and and the younger brothers and sisters and so for me it was yeah I love soccer and I'm glad they did well from a soccer perspective but from a community perspective it was just good to be part of that and to bring the kids on the teams that I'm coaching now and meeting up with these teenagers and creating a connection between these impressive athletes mm-hmm. and students with these younger people who are trying to aspire to right, be something right. that's cool in the community absolutely and uh, and I enjoy that and I hope that people appreciate that with downtown sports yes it's a business but I could tell you uh, I'm not making any money yet <laughs> and so but why do it right. well because yeah. I think that there's a, a need there's a need yeah for yeah. kids to have a safe place right. to come and exercise. Mm-hmm. It's very gratifying for me to have kids come and play pickup basketball or come with their team mm-hmm. or come to a class. Sure. And and I'll hear someone say, oh, yeah, and I play basketball here and I play soccer here. And they feel safe there. Sure. And parents can feel safe there. Right. Uh, we had a, a parents' night out for a couple of schools as a mm-hmm. charity fundraiser, yeah. and we'll have more of those. Yeah. But it's just great that you know, parents can leave their kids, mm-hmm. and instantly they're in their own world. Yeah, it's yeah. like recess. Of course. And who didn't love recess? <laughs> so they're they're playing and they're arguing and they're getting over it and and figuring it out. Figuring it out. <laughs> and I love it's like. It's like watching yeah. my kids at recess, right? Because they forget that I'm there, mm-hmm. you know, within a minute, yeah. and uh, I really enjoy that part. Mm-hmm. You know, we used. To, do you remember the days of the community center that we had over at East Street behind the uh, fire station? Uh, Little community center building. I think that may have been before my time. Okay. Well, it was. Oh, yeah, on East Street. I remember the location because didn't it get taken by the fire station expansion? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was right okay. right, right behind. Right on the, under the old building, the original Franklin Fire Station. Yep. And then when they built the new one, they took that property as well. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. What I loved about that place, and it was a very small space. Mm-hmm. Very small, yeah. But it had a spirit of welcoming for young people. Right. That they could drop in yeah. and do homework or mm-hmm. meet a friend or read a book or uh, play a game. Mm-hmm. And and I was really sad to see that yeah. have to go. Sure. And I'm not saying that our downtown sports space is exactly that, but in my heart, it feels like it fills that mm-hmm. space. Sure. Christmas and New Year holiday coming up, there's going to be basketball played by Franklin teams, mm-hmm. eight day, eight hours a day for three days, more mm-hmm. or less. Sure. That's pretty awesome. There's nothing wrong you know? with that. <laughs> yeah. And we've got families who are saying, hey, can I bring my family in to come play soccer for an hour? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I hope that, that I can continue to uh, have downtown sports be there mm-hmm. for a long time. Sure. And, uh, yeah. uh, and continue to fill that role. Yeah. yeah, and I think that gives us a good segue to uh, the other kind of kind of economic development, other sustainability pieces within Franklin. Because while the community center didn't exist, it became part of the. But that concept doesn't really exist in Franklin, other than in how you do it, or to a certain extent, the senior center provides some of that. Yeah. But for the older population. And the rec department. And the rec department, clearly, in terms of the Beaver Street and their facility and how they've established that. But now, as you're aware, I think the discussion is going to start through the town council and facilitating what are we going to do with Davis Thayer? Yeah. Right? And that this is one of multiple that I've heard of of other ideas. You know, we need some sort of a community space, whether it's culture, arts, oriented, Mm -hmm. It's in the prime location for it. Sure is, yeah. 
you know, granted some of the accessibility issues would can get resolved. It requires some money, but depending upon how that's funded and or, you know, that's part of the discussion. But that, that'll be an exciting thing to try and figure out during next year. Yeah, I think that's a great opportunity for something of value. Mm-hmm. I think the town's done a decent job of finding uses mm-hmm. for spaces, the historic museum. Uh, museum. Sure. This is a, you know, a nice use of a, of a space. We used to have soccer meetings in that old town hall. The old town right? hall, yeah. And so as the town hall moves out, it's like, well, it's too, it's too beautiful a space not right. to utilize. Yeah. And it was a really nice fit with the historical society to, mm-hmm. to take over that. Yeah. But the, the brick school, the brick uh, you school. Know, has been another yeah. one. And I hope that the, the old South Church can find something well, um, they have. It, it just got sold. Oh, did it? It just got sold to Habitat for Humanity. Okay. So it'll be a single-family, low-income, or affordable okay. housing residence. Nice. Um, there'll be community involvement, too, because there's the Habitat for Humanity project. Okay, okay. I didn't hear this. Yep. That re- well, there's plenty of seating. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be configured so that the seating itself and the benches, I think, are going to get handled in some way. They'll there'll be some other placement for those but the interior and that's one of the restrictions on it so the exterior is going to be maintained preserved to maintain that look but inside will be a a A single family apartment okay you know maybe with a second level they're they're still figuring out how they're going to do that but back to the community involvement piece because it's habitat for humanity they'll be looking for volunteers too mm-hmm. whether it's doing some of the craft work electrical plumbing carpentry yeah. but then just simply painting as yeah. well you know and cleaning up etc so yeah that'll so, that'll be a nice spot what do you, what do you hear about davis there and the potential uses i've heard multiple from it would be a good spot for a new police station you're familiar with the police station on Panther, but we've overgrown its space, mm-hmm. uh, particularly now that the uh, department is at capacity. But within the department, there's more females than there had been, so they don't have enough female patrol space mm-hmm. for their lockers, etc. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, in this day and age, it's, it's a happy problem, but we need to resolve it because that's not appropriate to not have enough space right. for the women who are on the force. Right. Um, so that's one spot that's a p- possibility, but there's also, you know, like, why put the police station as the entry point for the town? Mm-hmm. Okay, there, there's going to be a discussion around that. Yeah. Um, town council is going to create, I believe, some sort of a committee f- to solicit that community engagement, come up with some proposals. They'll also utilize the uh, Castle Booze who had been involved certainly in the Davis Thayer analysis, but had also been involved in some of our buildings. So they know us, know the building, and can help you know, provide some realistic advice in terms of it could be used for this. Mm-hmm. Or if you try to do that, it's gonna cost that much more. So we'll be able to make some you know, financial decisions as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly what it'll do, don't know. But th- there's a lot of opportunities and the discussion at least through some of the grapevine, there's multiple suggestions, and we'll start figuring them out sometime next mm-hmm. year as to what's going to happen with it. You, know, you see in other communities, maybe it's a housing conversion or it's a yep. small, like a Mosley Mills uh, office office space. space right. or, it could be uh, Winter Street was another school at one point. Now it's right. housing. Right. That right. could be right. another possibility. Um, because we do need housing, going back to one of our topics we teased earlier, yeah. housing and affordable housing in Franklin is also an issue. Could that be part of a solution? Yeah. It remains to be determined. Yeah. yeah. But the location is... Prime spot. Really great, yeah. great spot. Yeah. 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 And which also, it it's, it's happy, and it's also one of the caveats that, well, whatever the use is, it's going to be an entry point. So it needs to be, you know, visually appealing too, mm-hmm. as you're entering into Franklin. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it'll be an interesting challenge to go through and figure out, you know. Yeah, where that's what, going. What, what will happen with it? Yeah. But the key piece is at least the town council will involve the community, 
So we can you can at least have your say. It may not come yeah. out that way, but at least you yeah. can have your say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm more and more familiar with the council process uh, yeah. over the last a couple of sure. years. Because yeah, uh, you had participated in some of the listening sessions the Economic Development Committee had done. Yeah, well, with Kobe, my son's yes. involvement as well. Yeah, um, he's he's got. A, a lot of knowledge and a lot of enthusiasm mm -hmm. and so he's drawn me in over the course of time sure. and uh, and that I've really enjoyed that yeah. that part and one of the things we did talk about a couple of years ago was the, the the space around downtown sports mm -hmm. yeah you know the crossing, the crossing. down yeah. there yeah. and uh, and one of the things that excites me is the possibility that the rail trail potentially could could come potentially in, come right up yeah. cottage street yeah. and that would i think you know that that makes me happy in multiple mm -hmm. directions right yes. just yes. from an athletic standpoint to have more access to right. the rail trail uh but also uh, have you ever done this you're you're a cyclist i yeah have you have you ridden from uxbridge to franklin through the woods and all that nope I've gone from Pawtucket to Worcester, which I think we also talked about yes, in the prior yes. session. But no, I haven't really gone. And actually, when we had last talked in that September 2020, the uh, tunnel had was still under construction. A prospect. At a prospect. prospect. So now that's completed. Yeah, and then most great. recently, DCR went through and then smoothed oh, out from Grove to Prospect. So oh, if you haven't gone out there. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Well, that was... I was expecting that to take longer and i was so pleased to, that they got that done because yeah. wow i've been talking with jamie uh helen our town administrator on our talk franklin piece and there was some discussion around because i think you're aware too the beaver street recycling center is part of a land swap with the Fra with franklin and the state because the state technically owned that property we're given some property that we have that will allow the state to expand the Franklin Forest. Okay. And as part of that, to help make up the piece, we were going to do the work on the trail. Right. That's what I thought and the plan was. And when we yeah. went to bid, the bids because of post-COVID, supply shortages, et cetera, the bids came up you know, Insanity, like yeah. four times what we had yeah. forecast. Yeah. So they brought it back to DCR. DCR within weeks said we're going to do it and they started yeah <laughs> and now yeah. it's done oh it, and it came out really <laughs> oh, it really did. great it's gorgeous yeah yeah so so if that continues up car street then what i was going to say it's not that long of a ride no from uxbridge to franklin sure. on a on a on a bike yeah and there was a ice cream shop i remember <laughs> you know in uh it was it? I think it was in Uxbridge. Yeah. Uh, or Black. It might have been Blackstone. Blackstone. Yeah. Wow. What a great idea. Yeah. You know, yeah. could could someone come to Franklin, and shoot some hoops at our place, or mm -hmm. have an ice cream, or, you know, uh, we were talking about, off off air about uh, La Cantina's expansion. Expansion. Yeah. Uh, and Bob and Anna, Vozella, they'll. Be neighbors, yes, because they, they've they've uh, acquired the building that was the Rossi building, right? Rossi Automotive. Uh, you know they they can bring the family, the family, the kids can take some shots while mm -hmm. the mom and yeah. dad are getting a uh, tapa in the you know, with La Cantina, and yeah. then continue on on a bike ride. That seems really oh oh goodness, pretty pretty uh, nice oh, opportunity. So I, I hope that that continues to to grow. the The mill store uh, is is changing. Uh, I, I've heard through the grapevine. Uh, we'll see what yeah, the future I know brings. Fiori seems to be doing well in their yeah. space, and yeah. the mill store um, uh, fabric place seems to be doing well in yeah. terms of they've got a regular schedule of you know classes, etc. Mm -hmm. I've been in there from time to time for. Whether it was buttons or seam zippers or whatever, yeah, from a material perspective. So yeah, but there's a lot of business there. The old gold has got the convenience store has got a new manager, and George's and Bayleaf and uh, yeah. 
360 and Andros and, and Andros. are, are yeah, all so right you've around got there. A Pizza Central as Acapulco's. well. Acapulco's is now yeah. there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's quite a quite a community uh, yeah. to do that. Yes. Kind of brings back kind of the old neighborhood concept that we had talked about where we kind of grew up. And I grew up in a Pawtucket in the city where we had the neighborhood. So you can go to the corner store, mm-hmm. right? And That's the right. pizza parlor or the drugstore or whatever. And Franklin, you had that in the downtown section. You had that in some of the neighborhoods. But then as the major growth took place and you had the developments, they're all single zoning. Right. So you don't have right. that kind of commercial or retail center point of the neighborhoods. Right. Which I think, if anything, needs to be part of the discussion to bring that back. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just bound totally to the car as opposed to walking or biking right. around where we need to go. Well, if you spent any time with my son, uh, you will have touched on that topic because... We, we have. <laughs> yeah. And uh, do you come to the Chuck Marone uh, uh, Strong Towns presentation? The black Box? Yeah. Yes. I was there. I was and, part of the recording for that. Yes. Okay. And yes. so... We we got to walk around with with uh, Mr. Marone after, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I read his all his books, yeah. and it it just makes so much sense that the model which we enjoy in Franklin of our single family home with acre or two or three or whatever mm-hmm. in our space ties us to vehicles absolutely, and uh, and so the zoning and the the density that that Kobe's talking about it really matters. What I think that people let me put it this way: what I learned, which I didn't understand, was just how fragile the finances are yes. in a municipality like yes. Franklin. Absolutely. But we're not atypical. We are quite typical no. yeah. in that our financial model is really. Almost like a house of cards. It's it's built upon growth, and if we don't grow, we have to cut services. Right. Because, oh, by the way, inflation, even if it's normal inflation, normal price increases, even if it's a 1, 1.5%, we only have a 2.5% automatic increase in the town revenues. Right. So We're sliding. You can't increase programs and still maintain services. Right. Within that one and a half two percent piece, and that that creates the problem. That that's the one of the key reasons why I started doing what I'm doing, fifteen years ago. It was because the, the kids were coming home, the wife was coming back from school, and there was these budget issues. Yeah, and I'd go to a town meeting or school meeting, and it was like two hour, three hour meeting, and respectfully. Milford Daily News, I'd read the article and it's like, wait a minute, that was a five-minute conversation. Where was the rest of it? Yeah, yeah. And at the time, Cable was recording it and then given a DVD to the library six months later. Yeah. So in terms of timely info. Yeah, to be lost. (laughs) There wasn't. Yeah. So I figured out, oh, I can take my laptop, put a modem on it, take notes, and now we've created info so that people can find out, oh, that's what happened. Yeah. Well, I hope that people are digesting that part because I, I know for myself, I just speak about myself, mm-hmm. I was naive. Yeah. You know, I'd, I appreciated the services. I loved the town. I'm happy that I could live here. I could see there was more challenging to live here. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really appreciate just how fragile it was. And, right. and what you said about needing to rely on growth, well, that was great in the 90s when... We were leading the state in single-family housing permits. Right. But when you run out of space to, you know, lop up, mm-hmm. you know, lap up new farms, sure. which we don't want no. to convert to housing, no. uh, at least some of us, uh, then how do you do it? Right. And it has to be, you know, I think what Kobe says is, is you know, light density or, you know, filling in the gap of housing yeah. that isn't... The six, what are we at, 650,000 median for housing? In, in terms of the average sale price, yeah. yeah. And I think one of the real estate stats I saw from Norfolk County Registry, we broke the record six times for the single-family sale price 
starting at 1.2 million for a single family home it ended up at like 1.7 and that was at wow. a point in time it may have already gone up since then i haven't right seen that but the fact that it broke six times in 2021 is like wait a minute yeah <laughs> on the one hand okay they appreciated value they got some value but what does it mean for us as a community? Right. Right? How affordable are we really now when we got the housing pricing going that way? That's right. And so all, all of my children right now are in their 20s. Mm-hmm. So in some way or another, they're going to be dealing with housing. Yes. And I don't know whether they'll stay in Franklin, but I hope that some of them want to stay in Franklin. Mm-hmm. How can they do it? Right. And there's not... a a lot of housing available in the in the lower portion under the median mm-hmm. and so who's here and at the other end where someday I might want to downsize and stay in Franklin that's me that's really hard to do it is it and is. so what do you do yeah uh, yeah, and that's and, part of the demand piece because I like others of my age group the kids are grown. They're out of the house. I've got a two two story colonial, and I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. And yet, if there was something else, a little bit smaller, but still affordable, so yeah. that we could live comfortably, then the house could turn, and another young family could come right. in and then could grow. But yeah, to your point, we don't have that kind of low end market, or at least in sufficient quantity, and we don't have that senior housing, at least in sufficient quantity. Yeah. We certainly have the single family homes <laughs> in right. quantity. Right. But not again sufficient quantity because the demand is so high. Yep. So yeah, we need to work through that. And that's where I think it's really important for Kobe and Melanie and others in that economic development discussion and the Franklin for All project and you know we need to have those discussions. Yeah. As to what will we be because yeah, we're kind of facing a house of cards. <laughs> yeah. And we, we can't do that. What struck me about the, the Strong Towns Chuck Marone message mm-hmm. that makes just so much sense to me, but I hadn't thought of it, is the allocation of resources towards yes. services right. doesn't add up. You build a cul-de-sac, you put a few houses on it, you get a little influx of development money mm-hmm. at the onset. Right which makes it attractive to the town because they want to grab that money. That's the growth part you're talking about. But quickly, those houses do not support their own requirements for services. Mm -hmm. The the pipes, the the road service, the police and fire. Mm -hmm. You you outstrip that so quickly. And that's what we have a lot of here in Franklin. And and so I, I think we need to be realistic that something is going to need to give. We can't just keep mortgaging into mm-hmm. the future. Right. That, and that's where we come back to these zoning adjustments, is can we make something affordable, available, walkable mm-hmm. to the commuter rail or, or, uh, or to the corner store mm-hmm. and make it so that uh, people can live and and be in their community, take the car when they need to go to Milford or Worcester or mm-hmm. Boston, right. the province, whatever, yeah. but not necessarily to go and pick up, you know, the proverbial milk and bread. Milk and bread, right, um, right. And that's going to be hard. There's some great models uh, through that analysis uh, that's related to mm-hmm. strong towns that others have done it. Yeah. They've said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna look at this portion of our city as you know, self-contained entity, mm-hmm. and build a walkable community within the bigger right. city." Right. And you know that makes it just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even just in the Franklin to continue kind of that neighborhood type piece, in some sections of the neighborhoods, uh, clearly along Union, um, North Park. There was an old kind of corner store. Right. It was Alex there when I was a kid. Yeah. Right. Uh, out Lincoln, you've got the Daisy's Market, etc. But when you get into like Charles River and some of the other developments, that piece is not there. 
Yeah. So it forces people to drive, whether it's to the big Y, stop and shop, show us, whatever. You yeah. have to drive. Yeah. Um, it's even challenging to get on a bike to do that in some cases because That's of the right. way the roads are. We don't necessarily have sidewalks in a lot of the places. Right. That's another infrastructure piece yeah. <laughs> that's related to that. Um, the town has benefited in having at least now along Chestnut and uh, Pleasant the uh, sidewalks. So yeah. as a walker, I've benefited. I'm much safer walking on the right. sidewalk as right. opposed to walking in the curb that I used to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I live on Maple, mm-hmm. and uh, well, that's another challenging road. And we're on a little bit of a, bit of a curve. Yeah. And uh, we've had our share of, actually, just recently, mm-hmm. uh, our uh, our trash barrels got barreled over. Got clipped. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. clipped. But uh, you know, and I grew up uh, on the north side near Kennedy, and we had the local store was owned by the Laviolettes. Arts was the place. Okay. And so it was actually right a passage that you would be allowed to walk the... <laughs> yes. I don't know. I was Quarter pretty, mile, three quarters a mile, whatever. Half, yeah, maybe half a mile. <laughs> Two arts. You know, because uh-huh. you had to cross Pond Street, which was, oh, you know, a major the, the thoroughfare. Town, sure. And, yeah. uh, but you had, that, you had that store, and so go to arts and get, mm-hmm. you know, that was a thing. Yeah. And uh, now it's... It was a table talk pizza and a, and another convenience store, um, but the one on North Park Street, you know, they I didn't think of that as, as a kid no. as being sort of critical to these yeah. walkable sure. portions of the yeah. of the community. But yeah. there they were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we will see. I hope that the community understands something needs to give, mm-hmm. and and what I like about what the economic development committee is doing is they're trying to be stepwise mm-hmm. in getting to a place that still fits in right i think a lot of people think "Ooh, density and they think i don't know what do they think framingham or lawrence or framingham certainly comes up when you talk about like route nine we don't want to replicate route nine here yeah i totally understand that i mean to a certain extent sections of 140 were already there yeah that's right <laughs> that can't be avoided yeah. Um, but doing better in terms of, and part of the conversation we had yesterday with Kobe and Melanie, and it's been mentioned in other places, if you walk through downtown Franklin, down Main Street, you've got the post office and Dean Bank and the Depot Plaza, and along the other side, you've got, well, they're all one story buildings. Yeah. The other side mostly is two story. Yeah. Heaven forbid one of those buildings burns up, whatever, the current zoning says we could not replace that building downtown. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. So if we like downtown, how do we change the zoning so we can replicate downtown? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And give us a little bit more density so we can go up a little bit more. I mean, there's nothing wrong with perhaps a two or three or four story building. Five, maybe because you get some of the light and the the shading, etc. And we all have worked or walked in some cities, New York, Boston, and you get into kind of the, the corporate tunnels, right? Right. right. We, you can't we see don't the light that. of day, right? right. <laughs> we don't want that. But, yeah, but I think there's a happy medium somewhere in there. The, and and the, the economics have got to be attractive enough for some developer to say, well, it's worthwhile. Why would a developer do it if not to get some return on the investment? Right. And so if the zoning just discourages on you know on day one mm-hmm. of developer to say yeah I, I can't cover my cost if unless I have some housing upstairs sure. and a shop downstairs and I get to build a parking lot too uh, you know we can't do it right. can, so and this comes back to what I was saying before at the beginning of the conversation about the challenges of small businesses. Right. Uh, you know, a developer in that case is like a small business. Like, sure. how can this work? Mm-hmm. And downtown sports is trying to figure out how can this work right. within the bounds of what's possible. Mm-hmm. And the zoning part for for the downtown, I got to say, it makes a lot more sense to me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, than it ever did, and I hope that others get educated to understand that you can't just have your 
acre and a half out on East Cupcake Street mm-hmm. yep. without some ability for the town to support the services that you care about. Sure. Um, and so so I continue to learn like you, right? Absolutely. And that's why we uh, keep spending and listening and talking. Yep. and. Yep. And hopefully having had this conversation today, people will listen to it and then either reach out to you or me or Kobe, Mel, and some others who were in this conversation and continue that conversation because that's how it'll take people to have that, whether it's an aha moment or a better understanding, and then Mm -hmm. likely come up with another question or two, and that's okay. It's not rejecting the idea. It's just saying, well, let's explore it. What else do we do? What, What if this happens? And those are all normal, whether it's small business or a large business, you still have to make the ends meet. That's right. And by having more info available and more of a civil conversation like we yeah. had, we can, we can resolve some issues. I think that's right. Yeah. you got to have some openness mm-hmm. and uh, some willingness to give and take both mm-hmm. and uh, you know, not just reject things out of hand. I did want to say, you know, maybe as we get closing here, how important it is. I've come to believe that where we spend our dollars. Yes. And one of the things I've been very grateful for in downtown sports and Franklin Soccer School mm-hmm. and even in Tenetrix and computer business. Right. I've just been, I got to say, I, I'm really grateful that people have chosen to spend money here locally i just could not exist as a business and Mm -hmm. by extension my family could not afford to be here if families don't choose to spend money at downtown sports Mm -hmm. um and that's true for every one of these businesses up and down main street pick a name Pick any it's all, name. It's all true. That's right. Yeah. You know, at at Agway, you could go elsewhere. Yeah. But if you know Mel and Neil, and you know how committed they are mm-hmm. to being in the community, right, and wanting the community to be stronger, right, then you think, oh, it's worth it. Sure. To spend your dollars with those people who are going to reinvest, dig roots. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Bob and Anna at yep. La Cantina. Yep. Yep. You know, they, in my way of thinking, get community. Yeah. And so I, I hope that, you know, the, 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 the buy local, shop local yes. continues to be attractive to people mm-hmm. because, you know, I could tell you for myself, I want, I don't need to be a rich man. Right. But I want to be in this town. Yeah. And I want to be able to sustain mm-hmm. myself and it's only possible if we, if we work together and my wife sandy i gotta say has been an advocate in this space and uh really goes out of her way mm-hmm. she, uh, she's a shopper yes. among us yes she yeah. really goes out of her way right. to you know dedicate monies locally and mm-hmm. and over the course of time the light bulb has hit my hard noggin mm-hmm. to say yeah this is yeah. The lifeblood of our our existence, the farmers market. The farmers you know, market a, and the a great example. farmers market. Perfect. Two examples. different opportunities, but perfect yeah. examples. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those those people are trying to live here mm-hmm. and raise their families here. Yeah. Do good here. Yeah. Um, I think related to that, it was interesting and heartening as a recurring feature. The um, Think Franklin First. Yes. Arts. Love right. that program. The name itself, Think Franklin First. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And then I think the stats, and if I recall, it was like 60 cents of the dollar spent here stays here. Isn't that great? Yeah. As opposed to if you spend it to one of the major corporations, you know, it's only like 20 or 40 cents or something like that. I forget yeah. the number. But it, it's not the 60 cents on the dollar that right. stays here. So. Oh, it makes so much sense. It to does. Me. Yeah. yeah. And we accept those. We uh, do. We accept Absolutely. those at, uh, at, at Downtown Sports and to Netflix. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Good. Well, thank you for taking time to share. I think the listeners will have hopefully learned something more about Downtown Sports and the opportunity, and maybe they don't have 
kind of the childcare opportunity, but they'll at least be able to spread the word. Hey, childcare coming 2023. Talk to Rich or whatever. Yeah, um, great. And at some point in time, we can have another of these discussions. Yeah. Um, to continue to check in with small business because yeah you're one of the lifebloods of our community and i thank you for you doing what you do because it gives me a reason to do what i do as well well i i've said it to you before and i'll say it here on the recording you know i just think you've provided an invaluable service uh, and have been so dedicated mm -hmm. and uh, that's not common no. uh, and i hope people appreciate that so yeah. keep it going good happy well, holidays you. yes absolutely happy right. holidays to you and yours good. and to the listeners to you as well and we do this because franklin matters we are now producing this in collaboration with franklin tv and franklin public radio this podcast is my public service effort for franklin but we can't do it alone we can always use your help how can you help if you can use the information that you find here please tell your friends and neighbors if you don't like something here please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark in Tintype Tunes in 2008 and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.